Welcome to Afros in the Diaspora. My name is Sarah. I am your host. And together we will vent, rant, laugh, and cry as we discuss the highs and lows of being an immigrant. Stay tuned for stories that will inspire, inform, entertain, and give hope. This is Afros in the Diaspora. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Afros in the Diaspora. Today, we have Kundai. Kundai, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Welcome. There's been a little bit of a challenge setting a time, but here we are. Yes, here we are finally. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to hear what we're going to talk about today. And yeah, thanks. It's going to be awesome. All right, so let's start with some icebreakers. Kundai, what did you want to be as a child? What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, <laughs> I wanted to be a nurse and then I wanted to be a midwife. Oh, as a kid, a midwife? Did you know what a midwife was? Yes and no, but I knew I knew I wanted to work with uh birthing people, so I knew I wanted to be in that sphere of like labor and delivery. So yeah. Wow, that is incredible. Growing up, I I was always interested in like film, but I did not have the guts and the effrontery to tell my mom that I wanted to be in film because <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> she would have taken me to the pastor like <laughs> I mean, there's that. Yeah. There's that. <laughs> and here we are now. I'm. She's my biggest fan. Like, she's always like, "What are you working on next? What's the next film?" <laughs> you see how the tables turn. How we believe things that may not have been true. I mean, at that age, you probably would have been like, "Film for what? Film for what?" Oh yeah. <laughs> but... Oh yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. So the next icebreaker I have for you here is. What food can you prepare the best? Describe it, your traditional dish. Uh, um, best food I can prepare. I'm a foodie. That's why like, I like, I like to cook. So it's really hard for me to like narrow down like a a particular dish. Okay. I can make a really good like mushroom chicken. Yeah, I can make a good mushroom chicken. That would be like my hands down go to mushroom chicken. Um, I can make a really good fish, like a mm. grilled fish type thing. Mm, okay. Yeah. What is a traditional meal though that you can do? A traditional meal. Let us know where are you from. Tell the people. I'm from Zimbabwe, Harare, representing. So what's a, what's a <laughs> meal from there that you can prepare? Our traditional like everyday meal would be like a beef stew and sadza with vegetables. Mm, that sounds delicious. It is. It is. It's like a variation. Like you go to anybody's house, and if they're gonna make. A traditional Zimbabwean meal, it's probably going to be that. If you're, if you're like you know a vegan vegetarian, they might make a tofu version of it. But it's like boiled down to it is it's like onions, tomato, beef in a stew. Mm, okay. Well. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, you're welcome. Jollof rice is the most popular Nigerian meal, but it's the one thing I hate making. So. <laughs> <laughs> So I can't ask you for that. What can I ask you for? You cannot ask me for that one. No. (laughs) 
I actually prefer making like the traditional soups to rice. Okay. Like I will make a goosey soup or bono soup, whatever name it. But you see that rice, that jello fries, there's just too much pressure. I mean, after all the wars that has been, you know, <laughs> been happening over this jello fries, I I would stay queer too. I would be like, no, I I don't know how to make. Don't know how to make what? What is that? What, what is, is that? that? <laughs> Just reduce the expectations. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Just reduce the expectations. So that what, like, if what you actually that? if you actually do make it and it's nice, they'll be like, oh, lovely surprise, you know. But if you come out <laughs> saying rah rah rah, I can I make the best jollof rice, and then we taste it, and it is not the best jollof rice. Like, yeah, people will have you in in jail for <laughs> you know treat. I don't know some kind of some kind of wrongful doing against jollof rice truly truly thank you thank you for engaging with me with the icebreakers let's dive into our our, our conversation um kundai you're from zimbabwe tell us a little bit more about your immigration story to canada so for me i have a very i guess tradition i wouldn't say i guess traditional story um i actually started my immigration in the states so my family used to live in pennsylvania if you know where that is philadelphia area that's where i first moved to when i was about uh i want to say 11 10 11 i was in grade five at the time um and so they had moved there they had all moved there and i was the last one to move to the states and then a few years later i think once i was done middle school so three years after we decided to move to canada because the um process of obtaining citizenship in america is well is harder than a mother so (laughs) my parents decided My parents decided to move to Canada at the time because um, they were giving asylum to Zimbabweans as well. And so we moved to Canada, particularly we moved to Mississauga in Ontario. Um, And that is where I went to school. And then we moved to Calgary following years of being in Mississauga. That's so interesting from the U.S., from Zimbabwe to the U.S., then from the U.S. to Mississauga, and now here you are in Calgary. I'm sorry, but I have to ask this. What is the difference between the winter in Mississauga and in Calgary? Because I would like to know. (laughs) Well, I've been here for eight years, so I have no idea anymore. Like, Mm. the winters are are more humid. Because there's more moisture in the air in Ontario than there is here. Mm -hmm. So they're not as dry. I find that, like, the cold here is, like, bone chilling. It's, like, it gets into your bones. Whereas the one in Mississauga, it wasn't as bad. Like, you didn't feel it as much. But here you can feel it. So that would be my explanation of, like, the two different places. Mm, Interesting. I've not experienced winter outside of, I mean, okay, yeah, outside of the prairies. So, like, Alberta, Saskatoon, those are, like, the only two places I've experienced. And Winnipeg, Manitoba. Oh, okay. Oh, my Lord. Um, Those are the three places. (laughs) (laughs) The three horrible places (laughs) to experience winter in the entire country are the places I have experienced winter. But um, I've heard that when um, when it's humid, in the city or in the space, the winter and like you feel it more than when it's dry. 
I don't even, I don't get the math. I don't get the physics and the chemistry. I don't understand it. All I know is I don't like Muka being outside right now, so. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's cold. Like, when it's cold, it's cold. I feel like there, when it's cold, it's not as bad because you have the moisture and the moisture kind of takes up some of that. Like, you know, whereas here, it's just like the windshield is what the windshield is. And that's mm. actually what the weather is out here, right? Like, in Ontario, it's not right. as like the windshield is not as far off from the actual temperature. And mm. it's not as like, oh, like, look at the windshield instead of looking at the actual temperature. Mm. You can look at the temperature and be like, oh, it's cold outside. Or like, oh, it's actually nice outside. Yeah. Whereas here, you can be like, oh, it's minus five but the windshield is minus 15 you're looking at the minus 15 yeah that's because... true yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah if you mess around you will find out <laughs> literally exactly. exactly awesome um so talk about cultural identity what that has been like for you you've been in three different places and you know granted when you know when you moved uh from zimbabwe you're quite young not like you're not young now but you're a child you know what i mean um yes. and yes. I, I'm just, and then you moved to the U.S. and then stayed there for a few years before, before settling with your family in Canada. What are some key elements of your culture from Zimbabwe that you feel like you are still holding on to, even though it's been a long time since you lived there, you're settled here now, no one is ever going to take away the fact that you're from there, but what is something that you've held on to that you're like, this is a family tradition or this is something that my mom taught me or this is you know what I mean like what is something that that you're holding on to uh culturally that's from your home so this is gonna sound very vain but my name <laughs> because it is a Shona name and a lot of times I find that people change their names or use their second name or you know they have an English name and an African name or a Zimbabwean name or whatever name they have but they don't change their name so for me I don't know what it was even when I was younger I always thought that my name was one of those things that like I don't want to change I don't want people to um, abbreviate it or I don't want people to you know oh, can I call you something else or what? No, my name's Kundai. No, That's you cannot. My name. Like, what? <laughs> exactly. No, my name is Kundai. And so, like, one of the things that, like, I hold on to is my name, um, which is uh, a, Shona, a Shona name, and it basically means overcomer and victor. And so that's one of the things that I've held on to. Overcomer, victor. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Hello, overcomer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome that's such a powerful name that has a such a yes. deep and powerful meaning is that the full um name or is it like traditionally no, it's short and kundai. that's kundai it's kundai yeah that is amazing so so that's one of the things that i've held on to and then the other things are more like family just family values like i've always moved with my family um and just being close-knit with my family is one of those things that this just is always been ingrained into me even back home it's just family comes first and yeah mm, that is really powerful family is everything all day every day um and it's such a blessing you know that you're able from I mean you said you moved you were the last to join your family in the U.S. but ever since you've kind of been with them it's been a whole unit moving from the U.S. to Canada and settling like that's so that's amazing um but yeah See, my mom and my dad named me Sarah. That's my first name from Beto. It's not as if I choose it. I have a traditional name. 
I have a you don't have to. <laughs> it is Osaro. Osaro is the name for my my dad gave me at birth. It means there is God. God exists. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you could say you're just shortening it because I don't know how it's spelt. It sounds like Sarah at the end there, so Osara. Yeah. Honestly, I've just gone with the first name that they gave me, <laughs> and then in legal documents. <laughs> in legal documents when they're like okay what's your middle name then i put my middle name like my driver's license and all that stuff um but yeah for those that are wondering i did not change my name when i came to canada (laughs) my name has always been my name (laughs) it's always been a sarah it's true it's always been sarah i'm telling you that's a good disclaimer i had to um but I'm just curious now, like, especially since you see that family is it's important to you, it's important to me as well. What is something that you would say is a cultural practice that you find that whether your parents or your family members do it consciously or subconsciously, but like, it's just something that they will not let go of? That's a good question. You might have to come back to you it. may have to circle back. Okay. Yes. No worries. A cultural practice that we have. I don't, I don't have, a, I don't have one like off my head. Unless you can give me an example and then I'll follow up with one. (laughs) I guess an example would be in the food for me in our house because I I can't let go of like my traditional food. Like if I don't eat pound yam, if I don't eat fufu in a week, ah, (laughs) I will start feeling pains. You'll start feeling (laughs) in my, you know, (laughs) my teeth will start hurting. Like my back will start... You know, <laughs> you know, but that's a that's a cultural practice. Like they, they, I can't let go of it. Like no matter where in the world I go, I need my African and Nigerian dishes. You know what I mean? So that's a cultural I thing. That, like... agree. <laughs> I agree. The food is one of the things that we can't let go. Even now, um, like I said, we have sadza, which is like a cornmeal paste almost. And you make it into a consistency of like almost like a play-doh right but it's Mm. not play-doh but it's like that consistency of like firmness right and that's what Mm -hmm. we eat and that's the traditional food and and everywhere we've gone whether it was the states canada england like wherever we've been like it's always been one of those things that we have with Mm -hmm. us as well yeah like i can i can say food is one of the things that like we just carry on even like now my younger like my younger knee my niece um she basically is like I won't eat it so like we have to make her something else but like you know you just look at those things and I'm like listen to me uh, when I was your age I was eating it whether I liked it or not <laughs> you know <laughs> like, so you better eat it but no she's she's got her yeah. feet in the ground and she's like I'm not gonna eat it but that is something that we like make every week again like you know not that we have aches and pains, but we do make it every week yeah. and things like that. So, Yeah, 100%. I have a question for you. Oh, let's hear it. What is it like being a student and like having your... Did you, Okay, did your parents send you off to Canada and it was just like, you're going to school in Canada, see you later? Or did you choose to like come to Canada for school by your own like right? And then- Good question. My parents were like Canada is the country choose your school that was literally okay. it I did not have a say okay. in the country because I think they had already done their homework 
they had already done like they had already researched like settling in the U.S., settling in Canada, settling in the U.K. And they're like, Canada has the best chances. So you go and spend all this money on education there. There's a chance for you to at least have the choice to stay if you want to. You know, right. the UK does not offer that at all. You are done with school. Okay. Like they're they're counting down your clock for you to leave. And the UK okay. and the US, I mean, you can be there 10 years and you're not you're you're, you're not a citizen or you're not a progress. PR or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. But they had already done their research, asked around Google, talked to count, like agents and whatnot. Um, and they had found that Canada has just like the best chances and being parents, of course, they'd want what's best for their kid. Right. I, I just went and looked for a university <laughs> to do my master's in. OK, yeah, I just always wonder when people are like, I moved here for school and they don't have like family with them. And I'm just like, how do you do that? Like, because me, myself, I don't know if I could have done if my parents had just been like oh we're sending you to canada bye like go to school have fun i don't know if i would have been like i would have been okay with that like just me solo mm-hmm. yeah fair now now i'm like yeah but now i'm like yeah okay like and then i have siblings right and my younger sisters are like yeah i'm gonna move here and go to school here and i want to move there and go to school there and i'm like why <laughs> <laughs> why why (laughs) to each their own Mm, okay yeah to go back to the topic of cultural identity i'm curious about how you feel like your cultural identity and by that i mean you know both both like your the parts of your culture that you still hold on to while living in a new home a different space a second home if you will what parts of that your cultural identity the way that you see yourself the way that you view yourself view your body your skin your hair the way that you view your culture even though you're like physically removed from it and whether it's in with your values your family and all that stuff how do you how do you feel like that has shifted how do you feel like that has evolved being that you have you you know you went from Zimbabwe to the U.S. to Canada and you've been in you know various cities in in Canada like is there a part of you that holds on that holds on to certain things and you're like Zimbabwe until I die or are you just like I'm I'm African Canadian at this point or like I'm really curious about what that is that is like for you so I would say I'm Zimbabwe till I die <laughs> because that's just how I see myself that's how I view myself yes I'm Canadian um, but I also realize and recognize that the people that I come from are from Zimbabwe and those people are the people that raised me. The village that brought me up is Zimbabwean. Cause I like, I was born and raised in Zimbabwe. So I spent time in Zimbabwe. So I know a lot of like, you know, like my parents are always laughing cause my sisters are more so raised here and they understand the culture and they understand all of these things, but it's different for me and like different for them because they can't, they can't, I can assimilate very well. Like I've gone back to Zimbabwe and I've, it's been easy for me to assimilate back into like culture. Whereas some people, you know, you go back and they can tell that you're like from a different country. Like you're not from around here anymore. Right. And so for me, it's one of those things where I've just always been like Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe is part of who I am. 
Zimbabwe has raised me and it has allowed me to be who I am today. And that's how I view it. Canada has also raised me. Um, States has raised me. So I'm, I'm a pretty much, I'm a soup. I'm a melting pot. I'm a little bit of everything. Um, but it all, like, it all stems from Zimbabwe because that's where I am from. And I will not, like, I won't let that go um, just because, you know, I have a blue passport or I'm Canadian or, you know, I still believe that even my children are going to know, you know, their values from this is where it's based from. This is based from where, where I grew up. Um, and, yeah, it's just, that's just how I see it. Yeah, that's that's a great perspective. For me, I don't know. I <laughs> I worry a little bit, um, cause I'm like, wait, I don't know the entirety of my language, and they probably will know even less than I know. <laughs> you know True. what I mean? It's an it's a, such an interesting thing. Like you said, Zimbabwe raised you, Canada raised you, the U.S. raised you. You've been you part like these spaces have left an imprint on who you are for better or for worse. Right. And I've learned from my own experience that you get thrown all sorts of things. It's up to you to pick and choose what you're holding on to and what you're going to release um, for the next gen- generation that comes from me. I just I'm really curious and a part of me worries about like how connected to the motherland are they going to be because I would never mm-hmm. I don't want I don't I know for myself I'm I'm holding on to everything really tightly I'm like I'm Nigerian I still have my Nigerian accent I can still speak pidgin I can you know what I mean I still do my hair a certain way I still talk carry myself a certain way and as in as much as I'm still I'm not the same right I'm not the same it's just that picking and choosing the values and the cultural like as you assimilate into a new country like some people like choose to absolutely throw away everything that they have known to become a new person and like the Canadian person and just throw away everything um that they have known and there's just I guess sometimes it's so weird but I've noticed this that sometimes people feel like their own cultures are inferior to the white Mm -hmm. culture And Mm -hmm. I've just, I've never understood that. Is that something you've noticed as well? Yes, for sure. Like I have, like again, I can't specifically say like this person has done that. Um, But I know if, you know, people do that essentially want to move even just generations before us especially right like you look at them and they're like I wanted to move because I knew that like where we lived was not going to be as fruitful or as you know bountiful as another place for my children and then you speak to their kids and their kids are like oh I don't know the language I don't speak the language I would love to know the language but you know we don't speak it in the house or what have you and I find like even now for myself the more I grow up, the more I realize the importance of having like the cultures, the different cultures that we have, because at the end of the day, that's what, you know, holds society together is having those different cultures, having those different upbringings. And it's like, if they can't identify with their culture, then it's a lot harder for them to, you know, even be able to pick up a language because they feel embarrassed like again I'll give you an example of my sisters my sisters are younger than me they understand our language but they can't speak it so now 
especially with like all of this Black Lives Matter and like, you know, stuff like that, that's happened in the past, what is it, four years now, going on four years, it's more like you see them wanting to like learn the language, but it's like, for them, it's like the the native speakers, we, the ones that speak the language kind of make fun of them because they don't sound the same as we do, but they're also trying, they're trying, they're really trying the hardest, but it's like, yeah, you don't really sound like that, right? Like, again, for me, I can go back to Zimbabwe and assimilate somewhat to the lifestyle, but for my younger sisters, it's something totally different because they were raised in that, right? They weren't brought up in that. And so the more you kind of take back I mean, like, you know, I've had cousins that have, like, moved their entire family back to Zimbabwe, and I'm like, I don't think I could do that, right? Like, I could teach my kids things, but um, it's really hard to see the lifestyle that you live in that in places like that, right? And so, for me, having people that just are around me that speak our language, that continuously, like, embrace, like, just cultivate that, um, cultivate that you know uh, culture of just like being like yes you're allowed to you know try and fail or you're allowed to you know say something and you might not under fully understand what it means or it might come out wrong but you know that you're trying right like and so again going back to the elders thing that I was saying is like our parents moved here for us to have a better opportunity but they didn't realize that in having a better opportunity their kids might lose the culture that they're holding like the culture that raised them right and even though they like you know we laugh we laugh a lot because we're like you might be raised in Canada but the household itself was Zimbabwe right like it was (laughs) yep that part yep yeah so you you can you can do all the Canadian things outside, but as soon as you step into the house, just know that it is, you know, Zimbabwe all the way or Nigeria or whatever it is. Like, yeah, 100%. I guess, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, like, you know, you can't behave a certain way once you step in the house. So you can't, you know, whatever. Like, and there's no, sometimes there's explanation as to why. Sometimes there's no explanation as to mm. why. And you just have to kind of go with that. But again, it's really one of those things where it's like, they brought us here for a better opportunity, but we're also kind of losing out on our culture because we don't have that everyday connection with people. Whereas back home, it's like you go outside, you can't walk down the street without greeting everybody, one every one of your neighbors like that. Exactly. They would consider that like a disser- like a rude disservice, disrespect, like yeah. with this child, a disrespect, yeah. exactly a disrespect. Yeah. And it's like you come here, and it's like you don't even know your neighbors like next door to you like you can't even ask for sugar like you'd rather drive to go to Safeway and pick up sugar than to go and ask for the neighbor next door because you're just like everyone is on their own yeah everyone is on their own so yeah I think that's the uh, that's the cost right that's that's what it costs like and and we could talk all day about the politics of the continent but I just a lot of people say that if things were better, they would move back in a in a in a second, in a heartbeat. Yeah. They're back there, yeah. Because like you, it's it's one of those things that we should not have to. You shouldn't have to sacrifice your culture, your identity, like your sense of self, your food, music, dance, community, all of that. To it shouldn't be one right. of the. It shouldn't be a better life in terms of 
earning potential opportunities and stuff like that versus community you know culture and all that they shouldn't be one or the other right you know what i mean it should be possible to exist and live in a place in which you feel you know these are my people this is my community this is my land and the opportunities here are amazing but i believe we'll get there one day we're not there yet one day we'll get there one one day day. Yeah, and it's, we're not alone. We're not alone. There's other countries as well, you know, that we would hope for better. And again, like you're saying, oh, yeah. it's true. Like, you know, you would give it, like, I would give it up for all this, like, all this snow, all this cold, all this jacket, oh weather. Like, I would give it up, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you're looking at, like, the lifestyle and what it's worth and, yes. like, the values. Again, in different places you're still going to have certain things that you hold near and dear to you. But at the end of the day, who you are is who you are. You can't change who you are. So Exactly. And yeah, I think there, I think there's power in it. And like your sisters, bless their heart. I feel for people who truly like want a, a tighter connection to, you know, the country, the culture, the land, the food, all those things. But you know, did not have the opportunity of being born there or haven't visited as much as they would love to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they are, the desire is there. They want to, they're inviting, they're seeking, they want it. Versus people who were born there, raised there, there being Africa or back home, wherever back home is in the, you know, on the continent or in black communities or the Caribbean or wherever. Um but they move some, some, not going to generalize because that is absolutely not the case, but some people move here and they want to shed every single thing intentionally and become as white as they possibly can. So whether that is in toning their skin a little bit, that happens, um, to ditching the language they will no longer speak the language or no longer eat the food or no longer listen to the music or whatever or whatever just to be as white as possible air quotes and i've 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 observed certain scenarios and kind of come across folks like that and my heart just breaks because um i get it it's no one no one wants to feel like the other you know what I mean? Yeah. In a community, especially with the racial tension and discrimination and things like that that exist, there are people that absolutely are like, if what it takes for me to survive here is for me to become like them so that they don't come at me like that, I'll do it. Um, it's misguided. Right. And I, you know, I wish that people, you know, some people like that would, you know, try to see a, another way or a different way. Um, but... I, I've been around scenarios like that where folks are like, um, to, to protect myself from the discrimination or the racism, accent weird. What other, I'm Canadian, this, I was born here. And then they, li- they make up a whole history for themselves. They make up a whole um, character. <laughs> I'm an artist, so my brain goes yeah. to character development. But they make up yeah. a whole history and background for themselves. Um, to say that well I was born in Ontario actually and then I moved here and then they're like oh <laughs> you know they, they just become this new person and some people cut ties mm-hmm. with home period they no longer talk to family back home they no longer 
you know, talk to any, like, they, they, they don't know the country. They're, for, they're like, where? Africa, where? No, I've never been there. But <laughs> you, ha- you know your house address there. <laughs> yeah. You know? But it's just, it's one of those things that I find to be very unfortunate. But it is certainly a reality. Definitely, for sure. I think for me, I didn't, I didn't have that. But I was, like, in a place where when I went to school you know, you assimilate to some extent because you don't want to be the outside child. You don't want to be the child that's bullied. You don't want to have to deal with all of those things, right? So you assimilate to some extent. But at the end of the day, for me, I think it was just, I was old enough to not want to give that up. Um, I was just bullheaded like that. I just like... I felt that, you know, it would be a disservice to, again, Mm. to a country that raised me, to the people that raised me, um, to now go and be like, oh, I'm not that person or whatever. Like, yeah, there's traumas there and there's things that people choose to be like, this is the reason why I cut ties and things like that. And, you know, that's that's your own that's your own um, journey and things like that. But for me. I personally feel like it would have been a disservice to like my extended family, right? Mm-hmm. To just go now and be like, oh, I'm not attached to that, or I don't talk to this person, or this, that, and the next thing. Again, I was young when I came here, so I didn't really have the opportunity to connect with my cousins or like the people that I used to go to school with. And so when I go back, it's more so family that I'm staying with and it's family that I'm seeing mm-hmm. because that's more the people that I talked to that's more the people that I kept communication with and so it's just interesting when people are like I don't have that or I choose to cut ties with you know like I'm like listen the more you know the better it is because even for me you know it's just one of those things where it's like I have a heart for America because I was raised in America. Like I have American friends. And so I have a heart for, for the States. I have a heart for Canada because I grew up here. Like I like, you know, there's still parts of me that are all melted into like who this person is. And at the end of the day, I just, I was, I don't know. Like, it's just one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I can't, I can't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is to just be like, Oh, I'm not this identity. I might shy away from being like, oh, yeah, this is where I'm from. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I can't shy away from it because that's literally where I'm from. If you've ever been around enough Canadians, and I mean white Canadians, some of these Canadians will literally ask you where you're from. And you're like, I was born here. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you just want to be like, I'm Canadian. What's your Mm -hmm. issue? Like, what's your deal? Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still like, I'm still Zimbabwean. I'm still Canadian. Mm-hmm. I'm still all of these. Like I'm, I'm two. I'm, I'm existing in two places, but I'm still one person because this is who I am. This is, this is Canada. This yeah. is Zimbabwe. Like I said, I might live in, I might live in Canada, but this household is Zimbabwe to the core. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. So, how do you feel like? Because Canada refers to itself as um, a mosaic of cultures, where you can come from all over the world and still have a place within your culture without feeling the need to blend in. You can still preserve your cultural identity and all that stuff while being in the larger community of Canada. 
Um, so how do you feel like the society we live in, Canada or, you know, the West, North America, um, can do better with allowing or creating space for or be, you know, being more inclusive and respectful of cultural cultural diversity um, to preserve, to help people preserve their cultural identities. Because right now, Canada is like, where are you? Please come into our country. We will give you papers. Like, that's almost <laughs> the stance that Canada has at the moment. But, and, you know, people have referred to it as all sorts of things. Some people are for, some people are against it. Um, but I'm just, you're, a lot of things need to be looked at. If we were to go into that, it's a whole other conversation, right? Um but what how do you feel like as a whole you know the diaspora the you know the US Canada UK all these spaces that you know africans find themselves in can do better with being more inclusive and allowing for uh people to and having more respect i guess for people's cultural identities within the larger society so i would say it's, I'll say, it's really hard to not commend other countries, especially like Canada. I would say Canada because this is where I live. Um, on having those borders, you know, and being open and allowing other people to come in and, you know, welcoming people in that way. Um, but it it does a disservice to the to it's more it's more it's it's harder for you know people to accept outside culture when their culture you see it dwindling and i give and i'll give an example of like you know the native people that live in here that are here that were here before you know all of this colonization and all of these things right mm -hmm. and so it's like you're almost selling a country you're almost selling a country that's not yours mm. um but in the same respect you see you see them accepting other cultures and you're like oh wow like this is really cool like yes like bring more people in and i commend canada for doing that because i find that like especially in like ontario um the gt greater gta area there is a that is like a multi what do they what do they call it melting pot or a mosaic pot, like you yeah. were saying it's just one of those places where you can come and be like oh i can find my people and actually move into like an area that i feel as though this is home for me i have people that i can relate to i have grocery stores that i can go to i can do this that and the next thing i can't speak for any other provinces aside from alberta and ontario in alberta it's a lot harder to do it's a lot harder to find those communities within Canada where you're like oh I can like be myself and I can embrace myself but again it has to do with people and individuals that move here and say I want I don't want to lose my cultural identity mm -hmm. right and so what Canada can do in terms of making it better for people to move here I think is you know, not just opening up their doors, but also having those conversations, having the difficult conversations with people and seeing that, yeah, racism still exists, you know, um, it's not going away, 
just because you bring in more people that does not stop racism from happening um but it's having those conversations on race and race and and just injustices that take place on an everyday basic level yes you can move here yes you can have the opportunities to do all of these things and you know be able to excel in your career or in your life and and do better than you would have done back home but at the end of the day again we're missing and we're lacking that community identity that we were talking about earlier that's Mm -hmm. something that's really lacking because you can't you can't just move to a winnipeg by far like i'm gonna give an example i don't think okay (laughs) saskatchewan okay let's let's give let's give them that one because winnipeg might be on the come up Mm -hmm. you know winnipeg might be on the come up but like a saskatchewan and just like move there because i find people that i've heard you know like they first moved to these rural areas um you know just out of a whim and just being like oh i'm going to school there or to new brunswick or you know PEI, whatever for school, but then they realize very quickly that they might be the only black person there. Or mm. if they're not the only black person there, they might be the one one out of five black people there. And so they yeah. move to like a different province because again, they're looking for that cultural identity. They're looking to be relatable and things like that. Yeah. And so it's really hard to just be like, oh yeah, like, you know, we are we are an accepting country um but in the same breath we have to be cautious about you know there we go uh we just have to be cautious about having these conversations because we can say let's move all these people in let's have all these cultures come into like into our country and yet we're not even treating the people of this land in a dignified way in a just way um and so yeah it's just one of those it's one of those things where it's like it's a double-edged sword of like this is great to have immigrants and have other people and to not give up that culture and I think that's where we have to be is where as individuals is to not give up our own cultures and just hold on to our cultures and to be able to say hey I'm from here and this is what I believe in and this is what I can do, and this is how I'm going to represent my country in another country. Mm-hmm. And that's how we don't lose, you know, that's how we we don't lose that cultural identity in spaces and places like Canada, where yeah. it's a melting pot. You can definitely fit in uh, into the bigger places of, like, Toronto or, like, Vancouver. You can mm-hmm. definitely fit in, find your space there. But in other, in other places within Canada, the further in you go I find that the less likely you are to find people that look like you or to have people that you know can be can can support you in that yeah I think that's a really good those are great points because yeah like the United States they refer to themselves as the melting pot where you come in as an immigrant and you assume the larger identity of African-American um, while Canada, the, I think the idea behind calling it a mosaic is that within your culture, Nigerian, Zimbabwean, you are still able to hold on to parts, important parts of your culture 
within the bigger picture of being Canadian. Like Canada doesn't necessarily have like a black Canadian identity, right? So it just it just refers to itself as this, you know, space where you can be who you are while being a patriotic Canadian. Um and it's it's interesting because I think conversations for sure need to be had, especially as, you know, um we love it. We love that, you know, op- you know, uh, folks are finding op- opportunities to, you know, come and, you know, grow and better their lives. But at the same time, the economy is booming because of immigrants in Canada. Right. Like we're, we're giving to them as much as they're giving to us, if not more. Right. Like they. I, yeah. So it's it's a give and take thing i don't do they call it a symbiotic relationship i don't i don't know the scientific <laughs> i don't well, know the scientific term for it but like but like yeah. it's, it's give and take like we're giving to the country as much as they're giving to us um right uh and that's great but i think even within that like international students make so much money for this country like it's an industry like it's it's a whole freak it's know. a whole thing it's a whole thing um but the reality of the matter is that in the last few years they have been more and more and more, you know, um, students from Africa, from the uh, from Africa into Canada, Canada being our yeah. case study since we are both in Canada, but um, the dorm rooms are still the same. Where will these people stay? You know, like right. uh, opportunities uh, are, are not granted to, they're not as much funding opportunities. They're not as much granting opportunities. They're not as much or as many student job opportunities yet there's such a hike in the black and African students in these schools. Like how are they going to work and make money? Right. If you're bringing people into the country, there needs to be a more um, structured plan of how these folks are going to survive. Like, um, so I just, I just feel like there, 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 there needs to be some accountability, I think by the government in terms in, in some of these choices and decisions that they're making. And again, I'm someone that doesn't watch the news. I don't read newspapers. I, it's too much for me to handle because it's death every other second (laughs) like it's chaos it's war it's 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 really hard for me as a human being to just you know consume that much um bad news but uh I also don't really know right I'm speaking from the little that I know and maybe these conversations are already happening maybe these changes are already being looked at and maybe this uh uh uh, you know uh, structures are trying to be created and stuff like that um but I just know that like if if more provisions have to be made for the people that they are bringing in, you know? Definitely, definitely. I agree with you 110% because I, I was oblivious to the fact that, like, you know, like you said, international students make up a large percentage of people that are coming into Canada and people that are going into these schools. And then you factor in how much money that, the international students are being charged to go to school <laughs> oh my gosh it's 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 a lot it's crazy. it is a lot it's crazy. of money and so and they increase the fees at... every year the free the fees get more expensive every single semester yeah so Speaking those are, from so... experience <laughs> <laughs> see those are things i'm not aware of because i haven't been in school nor like you know mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not in touch with that anymore but like mm-hmm. it's just it's 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 one of those things where you just look at it and you go wow because if you look at how much an international student is at the time you know 
they're making maybe like you have to pay double of what a Canadian resident or PR no, it's three. Person. No, it's three times. Well, at there least you have it. it's at least three times. There you have it. And so it's like you look at that and you go, and then the student might stay. And maybe right. I'm exaggerating, but it's a lot more. <laughs> oh no! Like it is, it is, it is, it is. It's just it is it's a so lot expensive. It's There's so expensive. A, like it is definitely expensive, and there is like a lot more than like you pay a lot more as an international student than um than a like a a resident of Canada, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just it's ridiculous the amount of yeah. money, and then you don't get that compensation back, or you know you decide to stay in Canada and then you're still paying those fees and so I guess maybe they're they're like oh you can do loans but it's like yeah who's got money for loans you still have to pay back the loans like you know what I mean get into debt (laughs) what get into debt honestly that's yeah and and that's just not for 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 you know yeah that's a topic for another day but for another day man that's a whole other thing (laughs) okay so I have my one final or a couple final questions for you um so the final question I have with our conversation about cultural identity is what would be your advice for someone who just landed in Canada or the U.S. or you know into the diaspora today today they just landed and they're like ah fundai here I am what word of advice would you give to me as I'm in this Canada it's about to be winter I'm freezing you know they were talking to me at the airport I barely understood this white person they were speaking so fast like what advice would you give (laughs) I would say take it one day at a time because before you know it it'll be a year just make sure you have your Mm. jacket make sure you have a Mm -hmm. thick thick jacket and some good boots um and I mean that literally and figuratively yeah yeah, take it one day at a time it's it's a process Mm -hmm. and so just finding a good community of people that are willing to help you and don't be afraid to ask for help don't be afraid to reach out mm-hmm. to people. Um, and not everybody is to be trusted, but also just be very vigilant in who you trust, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, we all need each other for, at some point or another. And yeah. so you can't just write off everybody and just be like, I'm going to do this on my own because it's, it's, it's a process. And it's one of those processes that you need other people to help you with to actually make it to your goal and if your goal is to remain a Canadian citizen or to become a Canadian citizen then you're going to need other people in your corner to stand with you and stand by you and support you in that so Mm -hmm. yeah that would be my my two cents on that that's a really good one thank you um okay so we're wrapping up now and I just I need you to leave us with a word of wisdom an African proverb you read somewhere or heard somewhere a value or a bar that you go by that is your motto in life like just give us some wisdom just sprinkle some wisdom on us before we leave today okay so this is a Shona proverb it's and it basically means a plate goes where it has come from 
meaning that mm. if you extend your hand to somebody they should extend their hand back or somebody else will extend their hand back so that would be my african proverb to know that if you extend your hand or if you extend your services somewhere somehow it is going to return to you whoa that is really deep and powerful thank you for sharing that you're welcome hmm. yeah yeah a plate goes back to where it comes from yeah right yeah okay i didn't mess it up <laughs> thank you so much kundai for your time and for being with us today for sharing some wisdom and for you know being on this podcast episode today thank you for having me and i hope all all the other things i pray for good health and good wealth and good <laughs> thank you good vibes good vibes good vibes and same to you same to you same to you thank you again uh, let the people know where they can find you online. They can find me on Tete's Hands. It's T-E-T-E-S-H-A-N-D-S on Instagram. And that is probably the only place you'll find me. Uh, I'm not a big social media people, but, you know, all the extra. Uh, I don't know how people have time for that. <laughs> There's Instagram. a new one every day. <laughs> There's a new one every day and Instagram's already like taking up my life. Like I don't understand. I don't understand. But, yeah. You know, it's for the young people. Let the young people do it. <laughs> it's for the young people, Gen Z. <laughs> oh my lord. Thank you once again. Um and thank you all for listening in to today's episode. Until next time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Afros in the Diaspora. I hope this episode left you feeling inspired and hopeful. To engage, feel free to like, follow, share, and subscribe to Afros in the Diaspora on all social media and podcast platforms. Remember to leave a review and a rating. If you would like to be a guest, please reach out. Send an email to hi at afrosinthediaspora.com. That is hi at afrosinthediaspora.com. Or send us a DM on Instagram at afrosinthediaspora. Remember, there is beauty in our stories and power in our voices. Together, we are stronger. Until next time. <laughs>